0: Finn, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to Internal Budget.
1: Hello. Thanks for letting me join
0: you here. I'm uh, calling you from sunny Ottawa, uh, where there's no one on the streets, but
1: uh, lots going on, I'm sure, behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, sunny Toronto too. Not many people on the streets though. Uh, yeah. So I understand this is the podcast debut for Finnegan's Ghost. So Internal Budget's got the debut of an all-star, mm-hmm. a Sense Twitter all-star. This is great. I'm excited. <gasps>
1: That's too kind. I I was telling you uh, earlier, I'm wondering whether people think I sound like I'm supposed to sound. And the reason I say that is um, uh, when I read tweets, I read them in voices, right? So if I know Mm -hmm. the person's voice, like, you know, say Bosti or friends or whatever, I'll read them in that voice. But a lot of times you just have to make them up and uh, I'm wondering where people land on that for me.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you kind of make up voices and then you hear the person's actual voice and it's like, oh, I was way off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no absolutely i was worried i was gonna call you and you're gonna be like a 55 year old man or something like that and i was like oh god what did i get myself into
1: <laughs> yeah no uh, i've got a pretty generic voice i think i don't know what to tell you i don't know how it transfers to podcast i mean i'm one of those guys who hates the sound of my voice but i mean everyone does i guess yeah,
0: ev- everyone does i've gotten used to it though now like um you know when i did the first episode of internal budget i couldn't i couldn't listen to it after you know but <laughs> um true. But now, like now that I'm, oh, we're like eight episodes in now, um, yeah, and um, or nine or whatever. I've I've totally lost count, but um, yeah. And now I kind of I'll listen to the, I find myself I'll listen to them a few times, right? Because I want to be like, okay, how did that sound? Like how how could I have done that better? Right? Like, you know, yeah. as as Lucy Goosey as it is here, I do want to you know, I do want to make it good. I don't want to just put out crap every week, you know. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, speaking of Lucy Goosey, um. <laughs> We're gonna. Well, I guess we'll put that aside for a sec because you know we do kind of have to address everything that's going on here. I would be remiss if we didn't. Uh, Oh man, where do we even start? Um, NHL season's on hold. Um, The rest of it is in doubt. Stanley Cup playoffs, everything like that. But more important, yeah, yeah, and even you know even more importantly than the sports aspect of it, right, is the human aspect. Um, You know this. This novel coronavirus is spreading across the globe now. You have entire countries like Italy and Spain on lockdown. It seems like there's more cases here in Canada every day. The states are just the states look like they're primed for an absolute just horrible mess of a situation. Um I've I've kind of been struggling since this all since things escalated to figure out how I was going to address this on the podcast and what I was even going to say about it. And, you know, the best way I can describe it. And, and, you know, I mentioned, I, you know, it's, it's known that I live in Toronto and right in the heart of downtown and it's just, things are so, so different here. Everybody is, you know, it almost feels like the hustle and bustle is gone and it just, there's this overwhelming sense of anxiety here. Um, it feels like a dark cloud is kind of hanging over everybody's head and we're just waiting for it to burst. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't know if it's just going to blow by you or if it's going to drizzle on you a bit, or it's just going to be this torrential downpour. So for sure, yeah, Things, (laughs) things
1: are a bit tense. And I mean, that's one thing I've noticed, uh, you know, going to do groceries and, uh, things like that is, you know, even myself, you have to be a little reflective and realize, you know, I'm on edge because I'm anxious and so is everyone else, right? So you got to kind of like be aware of your own feelings going into these things because everyone is tense. So you got to find a way to uh, increase the levity, you know, whether that's uh, one way, whether that's tweeting random stupid stuff (laughs) like five times a day about how I'm handling things.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I don't know one of my first thoughts when things really started to get serious and I started you know feeling the anxiety of it was what can I do you know and you know I'm not exactly what I would call an influencer you know what I mean I don't have a crazy following on social media or anything like that but my kind of idea was just to do the best I can with what I have right I wrote the article for Silver 7 on Friday I called it five flowery thoughts and you know, nice. it, it was just, you know, normally it's, you know, a news segment, you know, just five thoughts for the week. And uh, this time I just kind of included, you know, five random things that I just thought would make people smile and just take their mind off stuff for a bit. So that, nice. that, that's ultimately what I want to do with the podcast. Um, you know, obviously I do want to talk about what's going on and like, you know, keep people informed, especially as it pertains to the hockey aspect of things. But at the same time, like, you know, I want to offer people that kind of escape and, you know, give them something to take their mind off things for a bit, which is why I thought you would be a good (laughs) good guest to have on this week, even though we kind of organized this before that all happened. Uh, But, yeah, man, I think the important thing that I want to get across just personally here is, you know, they're telling people to do the social distancing thing. Do it. Stay home. You know, chill out for a bit. Nobody's going to class. You know, if you got to go to work, go to work. Like, not everyone can work from home. I can't work from home. So, you know, do what you have to do to get by, but at the same time, start thinking about other people, right? Like, I think there was the video of all the kids at Queens yesterday, you know, going and partying for St. Patrick's Day out in the street, and they're all, you know, and they're laughing They're laughing about it because they know it's going to spread the virus. And I'm like, are you? F-? That made me so angry. You know, like, it's just it's just total selfish, selfishness, right? Like people, you know, people think they're invincible cause they're young, but you know, you pass that on to somebody who's older or somebody who's got health problems and, and they're in real trouble, right? Like I got family members that are, you know, that have health issues that would make them really vulnerable to this thing. Even me, I'm asthmatic. So, sure. so, you know, me as a 22 year old, um, you know, in good shape, you know, played sports all my life, you know, was a hyper, was a high performance athlete and I could be in trouble if I got this thing. You know, and, oh, and, and people aren't thinking about that. So that, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I mean, I just, I just really want people to stop going out, just stay home for a bit. You know, the partying and all that, it'll be there when this is blown over, you know, like it's not a desperate need that you need to go, you know, dress in stupid green face paint and, you know, fall face first onto a sidewalk on St. Patrick's day, you know, like it just, there are more important things I think is what I'm trying to get across.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you're 100% right, man. I, am, I went to Queen's uh, a few years ago and yeah, I did a master's there. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the specific attitude of that school's um, students, uh, well, a small proportion of them is so different than what I also experienced at Carleton. I mean, they go hard and you got to give it to them for that. But, I mean, it seems like every year, whether it's Homecoming or St. Patrick's Day, they go viral someone puts them on bar stool or whatever and someone's yeah. someone's doing something stupid so it's a tough look mhm and
0: i uh, and, and in all fairness i think some of it is it hasn't sunk in for everybody yet just the severity of everything right like not everybody's informed not everybody keeps up on the news there're still people that think this is just a flu right cuz they tuned out around you know january february But now we're in a situation where, you know, people are comparing it to the Spanish flu. And I'm not a scientist, right? Like I'm the furthest thing from it. I'm an English major for God's sake. So, so, so uh, So I want to refrain from, you know, making any kind of hard scientific statements. But I know that it's not something I've ever had to deal with in my lifetime. Um, at least not, at least not on this scale, right? Like this is something that feels totally unprecedented. I've never seen entire countries get shut down before. Um, so I don't know. I just think everybody needs to start paying attention and just start doing the right things, you know? Oh, 100%. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that not everyone appreciates
1: where the fact is, okay, so we're self-isolating, we're quarantining, et cetera, so forth. We're social distancing. Um, And then people will say, well, there's only, as of today, 10 cases in Ottawa, yesterday five. But the reason that these numbers will be kept down is by people doing that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, the best case scenario would be if it seems like coronavirus was a flop in Canada in the sense that it never really expanded and overreached. And I don't think people will appreciate that if that is the case, it is because of people taking it seriously and people really... Um, buckling down you know what I mean so yeah I think yeah I don't think everyone appreciates the fact that being precautious when the cases are low is really what what actually ends up being the reason that things don't uh, become a lot worse
0: yeah I mean I started stocking up on canned food and stuff in about halfway through February right just because I remember even when the news first started coming out of China I just had a really bad feeling about it you know I was like oh this is not going to be good and, yeah. and, um, you know, especially living here in Toronto, which, you know, there's so many people that travel back and forth all over across the world here. Sure. So I started doing that and, you know, I had people kind of giving me sideways looks and then like, you know, they're kind of going, you're an idiot. Like, it's not going to get that bad. And I just looked at him I said, "I a hundred percent hope you're right. I really, really hope yeah. I look like an idiot a month from now, you know, but I'm not. And it's, it sucks, but I mean, you're right. Like, and that's going to be the tough thing about it is you know, learning from it when, once we do get through it. Cause we will get through it. And that's the, another thing I want to emphasize, right? Like this isn't the end of the world. Like, you know, the world might be different after, but we're going to get through this and things will go back to normal. But, but I mean, you know, it's going to be the best, like you said, the best case scenario is that this is a, ends up being a blip on the radar, you know, and it, and we just look like we totally overreacted, but I'm comfortable with that. I think you're comfortable with that. I think a lot of people are comfortable with that. So, so yeah, I mean, it's just tough right now, right? Like there's that anxiety and there's that, there's that stress about it. But you know, I think the key thing to it is you got to disconnect, right? Like I've been kind of, I've been kind of neck deep in it since then, you know, it started affecting hockey and you know, just out of necessity. Right. And, um, And yeah, and I've just done my best. The thing I got to keep reminding myself to do is just take a break every now and then, you know, just stop reading the news for a bit, go get some stuff done, walk the dog, you know what I mean? So I think that's what I want to emphasize to everybody too. You know, do what you got to do to relax. Like it's going to be, you know, we're in this thing for the long haul. It's not something that's going to be over tomorrow. And and yeah, let's just try to have as good a time as we can, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. Keep your head up. I mean the interesting thing for better or worse is this is something that we'll all remember for our lifetime. And I mean, yep. the unique thing about uh, something like this is, uh, you know, whenever you're in a rough situation, there are, um, opportunities where there are going to be things to laugh at, whether it's just how surreal everything is. And it's, uh, good to, you know, hold on to those moments. And, um, even if you're not able to spend time with friends, check in, just, uh, got lots of buddies i uh, shoot messages just um doesn't even have to be asking them how they're dealing with it if you don't think that'll work out i mean send out some memes fire off some tweets i mean um in a period like this where there's so little normalcy i mean any kind of thing you can do to uh give someone some familiarity is really nice
0: yeah very well said um I guess on the hockey aspect of it too, one of the unfortunate things is, you know, all the arena workers and low level senators, employees being out of a job now. um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that (laughs) Eugene Melnick doesn't, probably isn't going to end up paying them. Yeah. But um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope somehow they can, you know, maybe he can't, maybe, you know, we know he's not exactly the, he's not exactly the Robert Kraft of, the NHL. Sure. But, um, but yeah, so, I don't know. If there's a GoFundMe or anything for those employees, I would really like to know about it. Um, you Honestly. Know, yeah, I would love to help out any way I can. I think uh, OSEG said they were paying all their employees, right? So, they like did. 67's employees, yeah. So, now the Senators, who are the biggest sports organization in Ottawa, are the only ones that aren't. It's just, ugh.
1: Pressures on you got like pay these people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it way. seems so simple and it's so easy for us to say on the outside, but fundamentally, if you know numbers of teams for both or I guess the range of professional sports are able to do it, you're able to do it. And I mean, it's not something that should be burdened by the players. And um, you know, I'm not going to necessarily criticize the players if they don't step up. But yeah. you know, it's it's confounding how little math skills you need to have to understand that paying these workers is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what a, you know, sports franchise owner can afford, whether it's, whether it's through cash in the bank or whether it's through credit. I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't like we're trying to pay Bobby Ryan here. It's like we're (laughs) trying to pay, you know, all the great employees who work at the CTC day in and day out at games.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the games don't happen without them, right? And they're probably not paid too extravagantly as it is, right? And now something that's entirely out of their control has taken their income from them. And in a period that, you know, already has enough stress, like we mentioned, you know, these are people that might go through health problems. They might have family members that go through health problems and have this lack of income. It's just Oh man, it's tough to think about. So so yeah. If anyone knows about you know a GoFundMe or kind of uh, you know any avenue to help these people, please hit us up because I'm not comfortable waiting for Eugene Melnick to do something about it. You know, if it's if it's up to us, it's up to us, and I'm I'm all right with that. You know, any little bit I'm sure would help. But uh, you mentioned as a coping mechanism, man, that you. Um, You know, that you turn to Twitter and like, you know, fire off some tweets and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, man, because you are hilarious. Your tweets just just (laughs) slay me constantly. And it's just, it's it's funny because some of them are so out of the box and it's like (laughs) stuff you'd never even think of, right? And I'm laughing my ass off. What did you say the other day or... Oh, man it was something about you know even joking about this stuff that's going on right now right like this covid yeah. stuff right like you know it, it's heavy stuff but i think you can definitely inject some levity into it by by joking about it and i think you made like a cc pun or something and i was like oh for god's sakes
1: <laughs> oh well the other day i suggested that you know Cody CC is going to figure out the the vaccine for COVID-19 and then we're going to be like, ah, well, we're going to have to retire his number now. He's one of the best senators of all time. And, you know, I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to lay off CC one. He doesn't play for the team. And two, one thing I've thought about a lot now that um, you know, I get a little more following is that I don't want to be dragging anyone's name through the dirt yeah. uh, unnecessarily. I'm, I know people in the organization. I know people who have family in, who play in the NHL, and I just I'm aware that beats do get around, and you know what I mean. I don't want to be, I don't want to be too negative, right? I mean, there's always, there's always a good story to um, to bring out to the front. I mean, one thing I try to do with those recaps is like, yeah, we're we're in a tanking here, and we just lost seven three to the Penguins, but like, did Jace get a point? Like, I don't know, <laughs> did like. Brady Kachuck yell something at their bench. There's always a good storyline. So, I mean, I think people enjoy the sport more if it's not all about how so-and-so sucks and can't play. And it's more about, you know, the narratives
0: that are really what people look to sports for. Yeah, man. I think that's a great way of looking at it. It, (laughs) It's, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've kind of tried to get better at, too, you know, is I back in the day, I used to kind of be too hard on guys and you know, I start thinking about it and I'm like, okay, well, this dude's a person, you know, he he might end up reading this, he might end up feeling a certain way, his family, friends might see this and feel a certain way. I mean, you can get your point across without begging on people, you know, and that's why I've kind of, you know, and even like you watch those ESPN shows like First Take where you have Stephen A. Smith and guys like that yelling at each other, right? And if you listen closely, a lot of times it's just it's just like name calling and ragging on dudes, right? And it's not like analysis. It's not anything that, you know, kind of holds any water in terms of like a sports debate setting. So, so I get what you're saying for sure. Um, let's talk about the handle. Where does, first of all, the, the, the name is Sleeping Baker that you can be found at. Yes, sir. It's hilarious. Where did that one come from?
1: All right, so uh, we got to go back to I guess it would be about 2012. So when I first kind of got into Twitter, it was through weird Twitter as it used to be called. I guess that's still a term people use, but essentially when people started making you know all kinds of surreal jokes on Twitter, and it was like a it was started by a group from something awful, which is a forum. Uh, anyways, I kind of followed a lot of those accounts and didn't really tweet that much, but you know that's kind of where I got my appreciation for the genre of humor that's popular on Twitter. And uh, anyways, Sleepin' Baker is from my old, old handle, which was um, John G. Diefenbaker, so former prime minister. Yep. But um, it was Jan G. Sleepin' Baker. And oh, it's geez. stupid. It was just, like, a joke about, like, Baker being narcoleptic, which I don't even think is true. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's just, it ended up being... Uh, it ended up being the handle. And then when I um, made a new burner Twitter to tweet about the Sands, I'm like, I'll oh, I'll keep going sleeping, Baker, because at that point I hadn't figured out about Finnegan's Ghost yet. Um, and Finnegan's Ghost, so, yeah, my, um, oh, I, was I don't even, ask. yeah, yeah sorry. Um, I, I don't really have a great story. I mean, I just, um one of, the, one of the first sense Twitter kind of humor accounts that I was exposed to, as with many people, is Bonk's Mullet. And I mean, it's a common common bit to do, you know, a player's attribute as your handle. And I figured I may as well do that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I kind of was like, oh, I don't want it to be too generic. So my favorite number is eight. Eight is famously restore, uh, retired by the Senators, by Frank Finnegan. And I also appreciate you know, the old-timey hockey side of it. So I'm like, okay, I'll do something Frank Finnegan-related, and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, what do I know about this guy? He's dead. So, <laughs> anyways, I, I kind of um, went with that. And, I mean, I do like the narrative of Frank Finnegan as a player, as a person, and kind of, you know, his connection to the Ottawa area, and, you know, I think it's... Uh, it's neat to get in that mythology of the old Ottawa Senators and you know look at those old photos and uh, you know the Silver Seven is a was he part of the Silver Seven? I feel like he was. I believe
0: he was. yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway, so that's kind of where it came from. and um, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be tough to change it at this point. Um, and I like it. I mean, uh, as you're well aware, Finn is not my real name, but <laughs> everyone on the website, calls me Finn, and i am fine with that i think it kind of like this is part of the brand at this point so i'm just going to keep rolling with that
0: yeah i think you have to um (laughs) yeah it's uh it's it's a cool thing right because you know there's you know to the casual fan they go who the hell is frank finnegan you know what i mean but um and I think that's another th- I think that adds to it a little bit, right, is the fact that you kind of do have to know about the franchise on a deeper level to be in on the gag. And and uh, and it, and it's kind of cool, too. You're mentioning how his, his connection to the Ottawa area and, you know, he was a guy who was instrumental in bringing the senators back. Right. He was one of the people that led the charge for for uh the expansion senators when they came back into the league in the early 90s so right. i think it's great man i think it's a great fit and that that was a good example of your comedic timing there what do i know about him he's dead <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean he also has i think one of the the better um the better nicknames in hockey i mean like most hockey nicknames suck or are the same everywhere but um and I don't know how much you know about this, and I hope I don't get this wrong and get flamed in the comments or whatever, but uh, he used to go by the Shawville Express was his nickname. Shawville Express, that's right. Shawville Express, because he was from Shawville and would take the train, take the train into to play games, as the as the myth goes. And, I mean, following his career, he was a businessman in Shawville for some time. And Anyways, and also he, from what I understand, was built like a train, so... Cool guy. Um, looking at my profile now, I see him following
0: 419
1: people. I should probably follow one more <laughs> just to kind of, like, take to the next level for here. For no but...
0: particular reason whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, just just coincidentally. But, yeah, and I also like, like, for example, you know, I feel like it's kind of common sense for Ottawa fans and for, uh, you know, any diehard sports fans that, you know, there was a team called the Ottawa Senators that was around pre-war won a bunch of cups but like for example if you're you know i don't know i'm just going to throw out a random place for no reason but like i don't know say you're a panthers fan and like you read my tweet because i'm making fun of your team and you're like what's this what's going on here And it's like oh it's their o sweater but it's like old so then they can go do some further reading and realize that the team used to be good and then they were sold because they were the, their owner ran out of money, but we don't need to yeah. think about
0: that. Yeah, I was gonna say they were the class. They were the class of the league. They were the class of hockey in North America, until their yeah. owner ran out of money. And if that isn't a little weird, then I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, oh, it's probably
1: not worth worrying about. No,
0: not at all, for sure. I mean, there's no economic hard times coming, right? Like, oh no. boy. Yeah, no. Like that was kind of something that always fascinated me in my beginnings as a fan too right um i didn't i think the first time i learned about it that they were a team like way back in the day uh i was very young when i jumped on the jumped on as a fan right it was it was actually 07 was the year i became a fan i was about eight yeah and uh i remember going on the website and the senator's website and watching all the videos that they had you know in their uh on the the website, and they had the great games in Senators' History ones that were uh, narrated by Stuntman Stu. uh, Shout out to him, by the way. Glad to hear he's doing better on his second battle with cancer. Just a complete warrior, and, you know, cancer doesn't stand a chance. Leukemia doesn't stand a chance. But, uh, but yeah, um, so... Yeah, the, uh, Stu was narrating the videos and that kind of outlined the early history of the Senators and I was so fascinated by it. And they, you know, the striped sweaters and everything and just that entirely different era of hockey too, right? And yeah, it's it's so cool when you go back and learn about it. You know, before the NHL was even a thing, this is a team that, you know, had already won a, t- a bunch of Stanley Cups and they ended up winning 11, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think the last one was 19... Yeah, I think the last one was 1927. I could be wrong on that. I used to know this stuff off by heart, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the last one was 1927 against the Bruins. Um, oh, yeah. and uh, what a lot of people don't know as well is before the original 6, there was actually there was actually 4 teams that were supposed to be in. Um, right. it was the Senators, it was it was the Toronto team. I think it was the Arenas before it was the Leafs or something like that. I
1: think you're right. The, uh, Mon- the Montreal Wanderers,
0: the right? Montreal Wanderers. In the yep. yep. Yeah. Um And the Habs, I think, too. Yeah. Um, Ottawa went bankrupt, and right, she goes. Yeah. yeah, and the and the Wanderers, uh, a fire destroyed their arena, actually. Oh. Yeah, and uh, so the so by the by the end of it, it was only the Toronto team and the Montreal team that were left. Right. Uh, the Canadians, not the Wanderers, obviously. And uh, and then from there they went to the original six. So there's like there's this whole early history of hockey that people don't know about, right? And and the yeah, Senators and had. I, sorry, go ahead.
1: I just want to take this opportunity to say, one of the most irritating things when whenever you're talking with a Leafs fan and you bring up the old Ottawa Senators and you know they're clamoring to tell you, oh, it's a different franchise, it's not continuous. Who yeah. cares? These yeah. are cool stories. I. There was a team in Ottawa, their cup, their names on the cup, you know, they have the same name. I don't care about the legal stability of, <laughs> you know, the franchise. It's just like, just accept that there are banners in the CTC in Canada for some reason, which I bet these guys have never even been to Canada. like the old Ottawa senators. I mean, like that wasn't a thing, but it's just like, who cares if they're not the same team? Like, you know, they wear the O sometimes it's, it just seems like such a nitpicky thing. It's like find find a different argument.
0: Yeah. And then it's funny how they uh the Leafs fans especially, they'll always make sure to slide in those couple extra Stanley Cups that Toronto teams won. But it wasn't the Leafs, it was the Saint Pat's or whoever, right? And it's like, Well, you want to talk yeah. about non continuous, now you're just talking about Toronto Stanley Cups. Like, what are we doing here? It's a you bit know, critical. It is.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways uh you know we can we could get into this uh for a while but the the other thing is like they haven't won any cups in like the expansion era isn't that right Ooh. the leafs it's like how can you nitpick about the senator's stanley cups from you know the 30s or whatever when you haven't won a cup like since
0: like the flyers existed you know <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing and here's the thing too that nobody talks about the Leafs have. If you want to give them the whatever, give them the St. Pats and whatever Stanley Cups, right? That puts them to about thirteen, I think. With the last one coming in nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. Ottawa won eleven before they went out of business in the thirties. How many more do you think they would have won if they had been around in the original NHL?
1: Exactly. I mean, especially with a small, small amount of teams. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and no one's ever going to agree with this position, but like I don't think, like if you're being serious about counting cups, which, firstly, I don't think you should be serious about it because it's kind of silly. But if you want to yeah. be serious about it, cups before the expansion area shouldn't uh, expansion shouldn't count because one in six is not the same as one in thirty-one, you know, not, or well, one no. in twenty-eight, whatever, one in sixteen. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And it's comparing apples to oranges, right? And like, yeah. and even just aside from you know the logistical, mathematical implications of it, you're talking about a game that is vastly different now. You know, you, yeah, you have goalies that can go down. It used to be illegal to make passes across two lines. You know, and that wasn't that long ago. That was like oh, the yeah? '90s. That was illegal. Um, the, yeah. The boards yeah. used to be like oval shaped, like. Yep. <laughs> Guys didn't wear helmets, guys didn't wear pads, like you know, Maurice Richard almost killed people on more than one occasion. Like, yeah. it's just an insanely different game. And another thing too is, you know, all those cups that were won by Leafs players and Habs players, people forget that when Ottawa disappeared, they didn't just those guys didn't just stop playing. Who do you think they went and played for? You know, King Clancy, exactly. King Clancy is one of the great Leafs of all time, but he was a senator first. You know, okay. he was in Ottawa and then he ended up in Toronto. So,
1: well, even even the mighty Frank Finnegan played three seasons for the Maple Leafs. I mean, <laughs> he finished his career Maple Leaf. I mean, no one's raised that um, when flaming me online, but.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I'm sure that would really hurt your feelings. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> right in the Finnegan. <laughs> Uh, no. So when you first started doing the the Finnegan bit, did you kind of did you kind of start tweeting it like as Frank Finnegan, like talking and then just kind of evolve into your own voice or was it always just kind of you in there?
1: No, that would be a good bit. I mean, when I first started this account and you know, you'll notice I only started this account in January 2017 because what had happened was I I had been a fair weather fan of the senators for you know most of my childhood I, I didn't play hockey until my 20s so i didn't really follow it too closely and um yeah i just um i jumped on the train uh, around 2016 and got really into it with uh, obviously that that team we had that made it to the playoffs and it just got to the point where because i was watching all the games and stuff and consuming all of the twitter I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make an account because my business account can't follow like 300 <laughs> sends Twitter, you know, people. So I thought, okay, I gotta make a burner. And so Finnegan's Ghost, like I, I called it that, whatever. But for a while, it was just following people. Like it was just so I can have a feed of just kind of people tweeting, and I could like like tweets and retweets without again my business account just being like a sends thing. Yeah. And then yeah, I don't know, after a while, I just kind of understood enough of the discourse and um, things like that, that I'm like, okay, I could make some tweets. And um, yeah, shout out to the day ones. I feel like some of the first people to follow me were like Bosti and Poppy and uh, Joe, aka Slowhands.
0: love Slowhands.
1: Yeah, great folks. And uh, anyways, th- I, it was those early people who kind of retweeted my tweets and stuff like that that really kind of made people interested in my account so that's kind of nice
0: yeah yeah i know what you mean man i um yeah for me it was a little different i've always kind of been a hardcore fan uh right since right off the bat right right ever since i first started watching the team i was hooked uh i started playing football in high school and that started kind of taking more of my attention and um i mentioned this when i was talking to Sens talk a couple of weeks ago but um i was on scholarship at U of T, and i was it was the summer before i went to training camp my first camp and uh so i was at home in sudbury and that was the summer of 2017 right that was the the run to the, fu- the conference final and before yeah. before that football season i got hurt like i hurt my knee so uh I was all bummed out about not being able to play for a while. I was laid up for six weeks, you know, wearing a a, a brace on my knee and like just you know just miserable. But right. but the you know the bright side of it was I got to sit and I got to watch the entire playoff run, the whole way through. Um, so that was when I kind of made my first you know sense Twitter account. I made it under uh, Carlson's Vanarchy, which was my huh. name at Silver Seven right. and. And then uh, the year after was when I got the job at Silver 7, and I was like, okay, you know, the name's Carl Sons of Anarchy on there, but I'll change it to my regular name, because why not? You know, I might as well attach my face to my writing and everything like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it, it took me a while to kind of like, you know, figure out this weird world that was <laughs> Send's Twitter and... You know, I remember one of my first days, I got this guy named Matt Bosty coming at me, giving me a hard time. I'm like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like But it's funny how, like, it's this community that's kind of developed, right? Like, it's, you know, you have the people that have been there forever. Like, and, you know, it's funny because it's, it's got its own little subsections, right? Like, you got the Silver 7 yeah. folks who kind of tweet more about the analysis of hockey. And then you got guys like Bosty who start tweeting about Sonic the Hedgehog and, uh, hedgehog and sure. chopping chickens in yeah. half and then there's you with the f- pre-game for the postgame recaps and just the random yeah. off-the-cuff stuff is what kills me that you put out man it's 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 one of those yeah. things where it's never after anything big has happened it's just when it's just out of the blue and like <laughs> it's yeah. like i'm just scrolling through my feed i'm like where the hell does this come from but you are like one of the guys who i would think of as like the you know, I don't know how much this means to, to you or to anybody else, but like to one of like the you know, the staples of Sen's Twitter. Just the guys that, you uh, know, if you, you say? Yeah, well if you disappeared people would notice, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like uh I don't even know. Like <laughs> like due to personal reasons I've decided to not catch coronavirus. <laughs> like you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't like, know. Again, I do a lot of my humor I do and I, I am indebted to um yeah, the, the weird Twitter folks like, you know, the the one that's most popular would be Drill, but there are, or Wint, however you call it, but um there are a number of those guys that kind of were the first people that I realized how to make jokes that register as funny on Twitter. And um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something about, um uh, oh yeah, so um, that's my thing with uh, all the jokes is i i wouldn't say i'm good with hockey analysis that good at least i mean i've watched the game enough and i play a bit so i kind of know the fundamentals but i mean i i'm not in the position to tell you whether prospects are good or not and there are many people on Sen's twitter who know very well who's good and stuff like that so i just kind of focus on the storylines and make up storylines um so, you know, the Bobby Ryan career season is, a, is an example. Like <laughs> I, Again, I'm just like, how can I, you know, make pe- like spread some optimism and like get people laughing and like get people interested in the team. And I'm like, ah, well, what if I just said Bobby Ryan's gonna have a career season based on nothing and then just kind of like nailed, nailed it into people. And that uh, was a good run. Um, my first kind of, bit that I did and this is uh this is for the the real ones um was back when Tom Pyatt played for the Sens um I uh you know again I just I think I like the fourth line third line guys a lot I don't know whether it's just because like I feel bad they don't get the limelight or whether I just find them more funny because they're like just dudes but um Anyways, I was always interested in commenting on Tom Pyatt. And then looking on his hockey DB one day, I realized um, he had 69 penalty minutes and had played like, uh, I don't know, like 412 games or something. And I realized, I'm like, Tom Pyatt plays, and these are not accurate numbers, but say uh, (laughs) he plays eight more games without getting a penalty minute. His stat line will read 420 career games played 69 PIMS. And so for like a week, I just tweeted like, you know, Tom Pyatt watch, and then eventually, um, <laughs> he did hit 420 games played and 69 PIMs. And that day, uh, I guess a lot of people were into that watch because I kind of uh, had been going on about it for a while. And that was the first time Bonks Mullet retweeted me, and it was funny. I was actually going on like my second or third date with my current girlfriend, and uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, told her about the twitter yet because that's like <laughs> that's like date 20 things like i don't know i didn't tell her till like um a month or two in and it was like the weirdest thing i'm like i'm like she's probably wondering why i'm always like whipping out my phone when we're watching Sens games like firing off something and then putting it back so i it was like the weirdest conversation i'm like so i have a burner twitter account that i use to tweet about the sands and she's like oh okay can i see it and i'm like yes <laughs> and i don't know i guess like she's found it pretty funny and uh, as i often say on my account she's the reason for a lot of the humor just because you know there's some things that i tweet totally independently but a lot of stuff will be me saying something when we're watching the game and her being that's, like that's pretty funny you should tweet it or her saying something and i'm saying like can i tweet this and she's like yes and those ones usually do pretty well and then you know i workshop a lot of them with her to be like can i say this is this good or bad and anyway so she's the real brains behind it but back to what i was saying and I'm rambling here
0: i like i like
1: so yeah i was going on this date um i was trying to like keep it cool and like my phone's like vibrating because um at this point i still have notifications turned on and like Bonk retweeted it so it ended up you know getting into the mainstream of Sen's Twitter and I was like (laughs) just like so distracted I'm like am I you know I don't know where to go from there but anyways
0: I think that's great man I uh I think the workshopping tweets thing is hilarious and I don't know I got I will never I'll never trash talk somebody for doing that I love it I think it's awesome like, but then it was I don't I don't know if you listened to Bosti's episode last week where he was just going, yeah, you got all these people workshop and tweets, and I'll just put like this thing out, and then if it doesn't do <laughs> yeah, well, I'll yeah. retweet it a couple hours later. <laughs> I like, just yeah. go the guy just goes for broke every time, and yeah. I love it. yeah,
1: well, uh, one thing Bosti's great at is um bits. like Bosti's the king of the bit to the point yes. where I try to keep, take it easy on the bits because that's his thing. but um, yeah. Uh, that's one thing he's really good at.
0: Oh, man. man like, and that's what I mean. Like, we got such a diverse cast of characters on Sen's Twitter. It just, it makes for such good, you know, there's it, it, there is a community aspect to it, you know? Um yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people are going to lean on in these times especially. It's something that's helped me for sure, you know, because, um, you know, even if I go on Twitter and I'm still seeing this, you know, this coronavirus shit and like you know it's just it's hard to look at but then you know then i got bossy tweeting about chicken or you making some kind of coronavirus joke and it's like it's just it's a nice escape right like it feels like we're kind of all in it together and even when things are bad with the Sens, obviously on a much you know the stakes are much lower there but it like it feels the same you know i remember when carlson got traded and stone got traded and yeah, yeah you know, a lot of us, were not doing okay with that, but like, we just, you know. we all just kind of lean on each other, you know, and that's what I really like about it, and you know, I, it's funny, like, I joke about, you know, I, I do the same thing, right, like, I'm talking to my girlfriend about Twitter, and tweets, and stuff, and you know, I was actually planning on getting down to Ottawa for the draft lottery at the beginning of April, and you know, and she was like, oh, you're gonna get to meet all your Twitter friends, and stuff like that, and I'm like, yeah, it's true, yeah. And, uh, we'll obviously have to do that a different time now, given the global circumstances right now, but I mean, for sure. but yeah, it just, it makes, it makes things easier. It just keeps things light and it makes you feel like you're supported, you know? And, uh, even like I said, even if it's just little things, like even if it's just, you know, just joking about something stupid or a threat about, you know, white claws, which I guess we should probably get into now if you're ready for that. Oh Yeah. So, to give this some context, um, I was talking to Finn last night, you know, just getting the kind of final details sorted out. And Finn's been on the claws and he's been.
1: I... <laughs> yeah, as of, uh, effective yesterday, I, I bought some white claws because I was at the LCBO and they are there now. And I said, okay, let's go. So I got the, um, Mango and I got the black cherry. You can find those reviews on uh, twittercom Um And yeah, it looks like we're going with the lime today. I, I sort I sort of stole your thunder here, Brandon. But yeah, I was just like messaging you last night, and I'm like, what if we just did the the White Claw review live and let's bring you in on it? And so
0: here yeah. we are. I gotta say, I've, I just, I just made fun of people for lining up for these things a week ago. So so i gotta be careful saying how good this is because i'm gonna get roasted but i've never had a white claw before um i've kind of i've kind of just refused to get involved with it i am kind of into the hard seltzer thing though so and i I grabbed the lime too i got a bunch but i mean like we'll we'll do the lime oh boy all right let's crack this baby to your health yes sir Alright,
1: so a couple important questions. How cold is your claw right now? Are we talking room
0: temperature? Slightly below? It's slightly below. I had to close the window in here because there's too much background noise. So it's slightly below, but it's... But yeah.
1: Yeah, mine was in the fridge until the start of this pod. Um, I'm pouring it into a glass, actually, um, with some ice. Um, Clear and bubbly. I'm gonna get the bouquet here. <laughs> it smells nice. It smells like soda water with a little with a little hint of lime. I guess that's what you'd you'd expect. In terms of legs, um, uh, if you swirl the glass around, it doesn't really have legs at all, which is fair because it's not wine. Uh, it's not wine. <laughs> should we get into this or what? Uh, should we take a sip?
0: One sip. Everybody knows the rules. <laughs>
1: So so right away, pretty nice. Very refreshing. Very refreshing. If um, you know, if, if you want a beach, you know, post quarantine and uh, looking for something crisp, it's a great option. I think. Poolside what are your thoughts, your bird? Um.
0: Yeah. No. I think it's great for a poolside quarantine beverage. Um. Taylor Max Taylor on Twitter was just telling us that these things sucked. The lime one sucked, and this doesn't suck in my opinion. That's probably going to yeah. be my uh, lock it in review. Is that it doesn't suck? It's um, that's, that's a, yeah. It's pretty standard as far as like your you know vodka sodas go or whatever this is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, the the two ambassadors of White Claw on my feed are, are Taylor Maxine and uh, Sarah Sivian. That they, they've yes. really hyped them up. Um, Sarah Sivian's a uh, writer for the Athletic Carolina. She's pretty. She's a pretty good fo- uh, follow. She's great. Uh, she's hilarious. Pretty fun, funny about hockey generally. Anyways, yeah, no, you know, uh, I would implore you to try out the other flavors. I do feel like um, I agree with the consensus generally that black cherry is the best. Mm, I got a black cherry one. Mango's pretty good. Um, yeah. I like lime. I mean, it's boring, but it's like it's like vanilla, yeah. and I mean, good vanilla ice cream is. Are you going to complain about that? No, absolutely know. not. So.
0: Yeah, do the simple things well, right? I um. Yeah. I was concerned it was going to be overly sweet. You know what I mean? When you get that clearly artificial lime flavor, like you get those brands that for some reason think lime is sweet. Oh, it's so gross. And it's like, oh, it just tastes like you're drinking liquid sugar, but like this is good. Oh, gluten-free too. So it's healthy for that anti-inflammatory diet. Yes. No, Uh, that's,
1: and that's why I've been getting into these seltzers is I, I can't have gluten now, so. Oh really? A special shout out to Blue Lobster. It's a similar kind of drink. It's uh six percent and it's Canadian. So if you're looking to switch it up from the claw, give uh Blue Lobster a chance.
0: I was drinking the uh Ace Hill Rattlers all summer and uh I, I took some heat for that, but I love those and I stand by them. Um carbonated water, alcohol, yeah. This is it's all seems pretty natural, right? Like it just a little bit of citric acid, like cane sugar, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I would I would recommend the claw. I mean, it's it lives up to the hype. I haven't tried. Um, I feel like there are some more flavors out there, but definitely black cherry is a little it's a little punchy. So in terms of uh, it has a lot more flavor than say the lime, which is a little more subtle. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm gonna throw this one a out of ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock it in at eight. I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll give it a seven point five. That might go down to like a six point five if it gives me heartburn in twenty minutes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's fine. But we'll see. But yeah, I like it. I'm I'm mad that I like it. I was all pre- I was all I was all prepared to rip it apart and be like, "See, I was right." But, I mean, like, but no, I would drink yeah. this for sure. And even the lime one, I would like. Yeah, yeah, it's understated, but I like it understated. Like, a girlfriend yeah. and I, we drink sparkling water all the time, right? Like, Same. and uh, and uh, you know. We like the ones that are like not too sweet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we like a little bit of flavor. Like, I like citrus stuff, I don't like the you know, the berry stuff as much.
1: Same, yeah. No, this, I mean, admittedly, the lime one you could probably make at home. Uh, yeah. I'll post a quarantine recipe on my blog at baker, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's just like this one. It seems like okay. So you paid three bucks for a can of like vodka mixed with lime soda water. It's a little bit better than that, but I mean, yeah. In, in a pinch, like in a survival scenario, you could probably make your own.
0: Yeah, I was struck by how cheap it was. Like I was like, yeah. two ninety-five each. Oh. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be a vlog if you're doing the recipe.
1: Yeah but yeah so that's why I say the, the black cherry one for example it's a lot harder to make that um, if you're scavenging in the, in the woods for um, ingredients in so, the
0: woods of downtown Toronto yeah in oh, to the here. woods of High Park yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's actually not bad <laughs> God, the quarantine recipe <laughs> alright yeah. you all right. You, my you want thing, to...
1: and maybe uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, here, dude, but no. go ahead, go ahead. Maybe you or the fans can give input. But I mean, I don't know what I'm gonna tweet about. Like, um, if the sends aren't really producing content, I mean, uh, that's why I've been tweeting about coronavirus so much. It's just like that's yeah. that's what's that's what the people are talking about. It's but a I mean, a hot, button, hot button issue.
0: It's,
1: like, do I pivot my account to becoming a hard seltzer reviewing account, or do I like just keep making up? dumb stuff about the dissent i don't
0: know i don't know i think it's got to be a healthy balance right like um it's funny because sorry you can hear the idiot barking there he's woken up from his nap and he wants attention now but um jesus but yeah we were talking like um we want uh we want to do what we're going to do content wise for twitter and it's funny that you and i are like at total ends, opposite ends of the spectrum right like We've both been tweeting about coronavirus, but then there's me, you know, tweeting the, you know, the serious stuff and telling people do the hashtag stay the fuck home, which you should all share as hashtag stay the fuck home. And uh, then there's there's you. It's like, yeah, I've decided not to get coronavirus.
1: Yeah, I don't want that in my life. I'm I'm keeping negativity of my life in 2020 and coronavirus is part of that.
0: Are you in the right headspace to get coronavirus? Right. No, there's
1: a good tweet. Um uh, yeah, no, I mean, I have a hunch and I could be wrong, but I have a hunch our our darling Craig Medalia will find a way to put out content about the Ottawa Senators um, in the future. I, I have no no inside information on that, but I mean, you know, I feel like we'll be getting some something fun uh, from him and his team. And that'll be fun, but I mean obviously without the games, as much as it's not the players' roles and uh, it's not what they get paid to do, you know, I'd love to he- have some content from,
0: say, what's what's Kachuk up to right now? You know, yeah. Craig's uh, got a Craig's gonna rise from the ashes of this crisis. I'm sure we'll be seeing like a, you know, it's a Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat video game tournament or something like that. Or yeah, I'm sure uh, something's coming. Oh, dude, this one. I'm sorry. I'm just scrolling through your feed now because I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, but. No coronavirus cases in Ottawa when Jim Little, the CEO of the senator.
1: Well, maybe here's here's something to talk about. Is that um, uh, Mayor Jim Watson liked that tweet. He smashed. He a lot did, did not. He did. <laughs> if you can't, uh, I don't know whether the algorithm like puts, uh, like his to the top. But if you go to his profile, uh, unless he unliked it. You might have. I I can send you the screenshot. I posted it on my Instagram. I
0: think I saw you screenshot it, and I thought I had imagined it or something. Because I'm like, there's no way that actually happened.
1: Wow. Oh, I guess he unliked it. That's that's almost more interesting. Oh but anyways, uh, I'll post the screen on uh, on uh, Twitter.com/sleepingbaker, and uh, people can see it there. But um, anyways, actually, I don't know if I don't know if I want to like put him on notice like that for no reason. But interesting. That Jim Little and Jim Watson, who are known friends per media, he he liked that bit at least at one point yesterday evening.
0: Jim Watson uh, thought he was on his pro LRT burner account. Yeah, exactly. How about how fast it is?
1: Yeah, but um.
0: I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad making tweets about the TTC now because you guys have to deal with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I take the LRT every day and. My issues with it are minimal, but uh, (laughs) no sense in getting to that. Do we have any questions from the readers, Brandon? I was
0: literally about to get into that. I was about to say this isn't a municipal town hall meeting. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I just got to pull it up here. Uh, Okay, so. So, Bosti wants to know, ask if Jace is more give him a shot or dip in. And you got to give context here because he said dip in probably three times on the last episode, and I had no clue what he was talking about.
1: Uh, admittedly, I also don't exactly <laughs> know what he's getting on about. So, every time I post, so um, one of my more recent campaigns is just the like uh, Jace, Jace Howard look media tour, just trying to get his name out there, you know, uh, helping him become a household name so I don't have to hear anyone go like, Who's that? Anyways, so, um, yeah, I put out a poll a few weeks ago saying, what should Jace's slogan be? And I had, like, four options and people voted. And it ended up being, uh, Jace, how are luck? It's worth a shot. And anyways, he commented under, it should be dip in. And now every time I post about Jace, he comments um, dip in. And I I think it's, like, a joke about... um, like uh, chewing tobacco, like you put in a dip,
0: and the fact that Jace is a, a dude from Florida. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't Jesus. Know. But, that, uh, that sounds way too thoughtful for a bosty tweet. Yeah,
1: th- this is what keeps me up at night. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm i going to go with uh, the people's vote and say he's more of a worth-a-shot guy, but I mean, I stand to be corrected.
0: I got to agree with you. I think he's worth a shot. Um, Carter wants to know, are you really Tom Pyatt?
1: that's yeah um carter's been on this theory for a long time and i mean i kind of wish i was because that would be a great story but uh unfortunately not tom Pyatt. yeah i think i
0: i think i can confirm that one now um although i did although i did have my suspicions i will admit uh my buddy spencer wants to know if you remember why he blocked you
1: so i don't and this is an interesting phenomenon is yeah, one day I'm just cruising on Twitter and uh, you know there was a a conversation tree as there often is and I was like going through it, reading people's takes, and then I I got the the old box that says you know yeah. you cannot view this person's tweets because they they have blocked you and Spencer blocked me and I'm like dang this was um this was last year it was uh um, probably yeah before I was kind of uh, you know as popular I guess and. Anyway, so at one point I just like tweeted out, "I'm like Spencer Blake unblock me challenge," <laughs> and within like uh, within like uh, 15 minutes he had unblocked me and said, "Sorry man, I don't know why I blocked you. It happens, and you know we're good. Spencer and I are good now."
0: But yeah, same thing happened to me and Bosti. Like I had yeah. I, I I figured out I had him blocked and I had no idea why. Um, but yeah, Spencer's gonna come, Spencer's gonna come on the podcast soon. So, so like, if we if there's an actual reason that uh, that he blocked you, we'll find it out. I was <laughs> I was gonna have him on um, for like a Belleville playoff preview, but I mean that's kind of out the window now. So we'll have to, yeah, we'll, Michigan, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. Um, suit guy Jared wants to know what's the best breakfast cereal. Um, we'll start with that one. Do least fans deserve basic human rights? <laughs> And uh, do Winnipeg Jets or Calgary Flames owners deserve to spend eternity in the seventh ring of hell?
1: So so Jared's a great guy. I, I met him one time, and uh, he, he's a delight to be around. So in terms of answering these questions, best breakfast cereal, I'm a really big Reese Puffs guy. I, yep. I haven't had breakfast cereal besides boring oatmeal for years, but big Reese Puffs guy. That was my childhood go-to. Um, what was the second question?
0: Do Leafs fans deserve basic human rights?
1: Um, like, it's uh, a good question. <laughs> um, like, I just I have friends and loved ones who are Leafs fans, but um, I also <laughs> don't love a lot of the Leafs fans out there. I'm gonna say it depends um, on that one, which is not very helpful, but you
0: know, I've gone from like. I've gone from an outright hatred of Leafs fans to more of like this kind of symbiotic relationship, right? Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like we can't exist without each other. I love it when they come out like and Batman me. and the Joker. It is, exactly. There can't be one without the other. I had I remember when Alfie didn't get into the Hall of Fame last year and I tweeted, uh if Alfie had played for the Leafs, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer.
1: I agree and, with that. And,
0: oh yeah, and The Leafs fans were pissed. They were so angry because they, for some reason, they took it as um, Alfie's better than Sundin, which he is. Uh, But they, for some reason, they took it that way, even though I didn't say it, even though he is, and uh, they just lost it. Right, like my mentions were just ruined for like a day and a half. So, do they deserve basic human rights? I don't know, but you kind of gotta love them. And the last one was. Uh, do Winnipeg Jets or Calgary Flames owners deserve deserve to spend eternity in the seventh ring of hell? And I think that goes back to, to talking yeah. about employers not p- paying their workers and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I will. I will add on to this. Uh, I made my opinion clear earlier, but what's up with the the Flames? I mean, didn't they just get a huge civic loan? Yeah,
0: it's all taxpayer money for their arena.
1: It's like, like I guess that's indicative that you know. Um, <laughs> cash flow is important for them but it's like come on like you can't have it both ways like pay back no. the city like i know it's easy for me to say because i'm not a billionaire but it's like this is such a small thing that has such a positive outcome it's um it's baffling and it's a terrible look and uh, i forget who tweeted it but i think it was one of the bigger hockey personality accounts but they're saying the teams that don't pay their staff for these missed games are going to be remembered. You know, yeah. when this all, yeah. when all, this all uh, concludes, it's just bad optics. I mean, um, Mark Cuban, uh, I think he was the first on the first on the boat in terms of professional sports teams to say hundred uh, percent, we're going, we're going to pay these guys. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, imagine being so fortunate to have earned that much money and not wanting to, <laughs> you know, like, Looking
0: yeah. After your people, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, especially you know, like, you know, the teams that preach, oh, this is our family. You know, we're all one big family and stuff. And well, well, your family needs you now. And where are you? Uh, and that's the thing. I, I tweeted this yesterday, but I said, yeah, remember when Eugene Melnick wanted taxpayer money for LeBreton Flats? Like, could you imagine yeah. if they had actually had that arena built, and now this happens? And you have all kinds of people not getting paid after he got the, whatever it was, the metric ton of taxpayer money that he wanted. Like, uh, it's just, it's gross. Um, I love the fact that players are stepping up and, you know, helping out. But I mean, it shouldn't be on them. It should be on the guys that are billionaires, you know. Like Jeremy Jacobs of the Bruins. Like, hello? Like, what's his net worth? I think I saw 3.5 billion or something like that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? you know, yeah. like, it's not like you pay these people, you know, 200 grand a year for the most, for the most part, you know, like you can probably yeah. afford to, you know, give these people at least an average of what they would normally earn, you know, like, eh, yeah. I, I don't understand it. It's just, especially in a time like this where there's so much bigger things going on, you know, like. The whole world's just kind of grinding to a halt and these people can't even be bothered to to just chip in a little bit right so yeah uh, yeah uh peter wants to know what do the Sens have to do to make this rebuild more successful than the last one don't trade the future top line center for a schmuck with a cheap contract is an insufficient response oh come on don't call derek brassard a schmuck yeah uh and that's that's a a
1: very substantive question and like once again i want to bring out the fact that i'm not really like i'm a hockey fan and i you know love riffing about the players and stuff like that i'm not really um i wouldn't call myself and i guess nobody is on twitter for the most part but i wouldn't call myself an expert on like the gm operation stuff but you know in my personal opinion i mean it just comes down to paying the players like it's It seems, like, so simple. I know it's not that simple, but, you know, you want this rebuild to be good. We've got the players. you just got to pay them. And, uh, I mean, also, you've got to develop them, right? I think we're going to have some guys come up who are ready next year, and it's going to be a good team in that regard. A better team than we had this year. But, I mean, some guys uh, are going to need another year or two, and just keep them down there, like, pay Brady Kachuk, put him on a 69-year salary, like, for, nice. you know, $4.20 a year. Like, I don't get him get him in there, right? But, I mean, I think the only way that you're going to reestablish fan trust, aside from an ownership change, which is, you know, the thing that people deem the most obvious, but beyond that, it's just you got to extend players. There are players on the team who are proven to be good players. It's, you know, Throw money at them. Yeah, that.
0: yeah. I think that's a huge part of it. I think we've already seen some of that with you know the Shabbat contract and Colin White's contract. Yeah. For me, you know, I'm this. I I, I feel the same way as you do. Um, every time I feel myself getting into it, I hear Andy Sutton asking me if I'm an expert, you know, and then yeah. blasting me through a penalty box door. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think for me, it just comes down to staying the course, you know. Um, yeah. I think you got to remember, like you said, you know, there are guys who are going to be ready next year and there are guys who aren't going to be ready next year. So in order to really make sure this thing reaches its full potential, you've got to, you've got to just bite the bullet. Like if, if nobody's ready next year, then nobody's ready next year. You know, yeah. if you got to eat another tank year, you got to eat another tank year. Um, eventually it's going to pay off. Eventually those guys like Batherson, uh, who I think is ready for a full-time NHL spot right now. Uh, yeah. guys like Branstrom Norris who are probably on the cusp of that. Logan Brown, probably you can throw into that category too. They're all going to be ready at a point. Um, yeah. So to me, it just comes down to not panicking like they did. Um, I think it was all Jesus almost 10 years ago now. Right. Um, just, you know, just let this thing play out, let these kids develop, pay them when they come up for contract. It's really that simple. Um maybe move some picks this year for you know, for better players, but it, it's it's not rocket science. You know, you've got a good core in place, you've got Kachuk, you've got Shabbat, you've got White, you've got Connor Brown, all these guys, Duclair. Uh and in the system you got Batherson, you got Norris, you got Abramov, you got Branstrom, you got Wolanin, right? Like eventually it's going to come to a point where all those guys are ready and making an impact at the next level. And you're going to probably have to supplement them with one or two more impact players that you acquire through trade or free agency. Right. So just stay the course, just, you know, take it year by year and just keep things simple. Don't, you know, take any big risks until you need to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, And TM Brown wants to know, assuming the draft order is set, what would be a sufficient package to trade down and how far would you be willing to go? Um, I'm of the opinion where I say don't trade down at all. Why would you? Um, right now, the Senators have, you know, if if the draft, if the lottery format stays the same, uh, if we don't get to finish the season, and who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah. The Senators right now have second last and third last locked down. Um, their pick, second last, San Jose's third last. So they stand a good chance of getting Alexi Lafreniere, and if not, they stand a really good chance of having at least one pick in the top three. Uh, Islanders weren't doing so hot down the stretch; that picks probably raised a little bit for Ottawa. So I, I don't trade down in the first round. I don't know about you, but maybe with that Islanders pick, I can I talk about something, you know. But it would have to be a hell of a package. It'd have to be a top bona fide top six forward. Um,
1: that's my sense too I mean yeah. like the risk reward there is I think not worth it I will say and I don't think this is a hot take but you know to everyone everything's a hot take but um, I really like the way Dorian drafts and has in the past I mean you know there's, there's so many examples of uh, you know uh, very shrewd picks by him and I mean you know you're always going to have some stinkers but I think Dorian drafts well and I mean even with consideration to the fact that our scouting budget is famously like smaller than some teams we usually come out with uh, some diamonds I mean like take Drake Batherson for example he's a like a poised to be quite a good player and I mean was anyone talking about him before he was a round four pick you know like
0: um, Mark stone was the sixth.
1: Yeah, Hoffman, I think, was up there, Zingle, and um, these guys aren't superstars, but, I mean, if round four picks or whatever are considered throw-ins and we've been kind of getting good players out of it, I mean, I'm happy, and I know, like, Dorian has a lot of critics out there, but, I mean, I I have faith in him. If you think about the constraints he operates under, he's he's done a good job, and, I mean, if we're going to talk organizationally, I think DJ Smith and Troy Mann, those, they're two excellent head coaches, Troy Mann being, of course, the Belleville head coach. I like the way the teams have played since we brought those guys in. And, I mean, I like the pool that we've developed. I like the players, the prospects that Dorian has identified and traded for. So, I mean, there's a lot of optimism if you don't think about, like, firing people after 54 days and, like, that kind of stuff. But on a hockey op side, I feel like there's a lot of things to be excited about.
0: Yeah, I I think you're spot on there. I think if there's one thing that Dorian does well, it's it's draft, right? His track record yeah. proves that. Not every trade he's made uh, has been a home run, but most of the picks he's made have turned out really well. Um, this is yep. a guy that was responsible for drafting, uh, you know, Mark Stone. He was had a big hand in that, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And even the guys of late, right, like Shabbat and Colin White and guys who have turned out really well for this organization, right? So, I think to trade down when you have three first round picks in what is the most crucial draft year in franchise history. I, I don't see that as a win in any scenario. Uh, You would have to hit it so big, right? Like the return you get would have to just be astronomical. So especially if it's for picks, right? If you're trading down, it better be for roster players. And if it is for roster players, you better make them damn good roster players. So I'm com- more comfortable letting Ottawa's three picks sit where they are and uh, and just letting Pierre Dorian's draft record speak for itself. I think that's the same boat you're in.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's perfect. All right, Finman, I think that covers it, dude. I think we've answered all the questions there, um, unless there's one or two more that you see. Uh,
1: I think Bosti asked me which tweet of his was my favorite. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh- <laughs> and i mean the answer here is obvious i think you've brought it up on like four or five episodes because it's like one of the funniest tweets i've ever seen and that is of course the the mark stone story <laughs> smash there's been times i've like watched it like over and over and over <laughs> just like and my girlfriend's like what's wrong with you and i'm like this just this is so funny so anyways that would probably be my favorite bossy tweet but i mean uh he's always he's always good for one like he's uh he uh, keeps everyone on their toes, keeps everyone accountable. That's an essential guy you want on your um, Sens Twitter uh, cadre.
0: Yeah, how could you? How could that not be your favorite Bossy tweet? I think the moment that I'll never forget from that one that's just burned into my mind is Callum Fraser, who's now the NHL.com writer for the Senators. Yeah. His, his reply to Bossy's tweet is just, yeah, I think I'm done with this app. <laughs> <laughs> and then Spencer comments something and I'm like, well, what do you mean? And Callum goes like, Spencer, he chopped a rotisserie chicken in half while yelling "Mark Stone" with a two meter broadsword from a video game. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no one else, no one else could do it like that. But I mean, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be a top, top sense Twitter tweet. Generally, I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's nothing. Not, not, nothing to me even comes close uh so with that yeah let's wrap it up man um so finnegan's ghost people can find you on twitter at SleepinBaker. baker uh any other social media anything else you want to plug
1: not really i mean you could find my instagram if you want but it's not like i don't really use it that seriously so yeah right now it's just just SleepinBaker, baker man uh so thanks for listening everyone and uh, brandon thanks for having me on i could come on anytime any place
0: thank you man we will definitely have you on again um you and bosty you guys have to be repeat guests for sure Uh, uh, the three of us together Oh. oh i think that might be i think that might be something we can make happen in the future um as for you guys, the listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Your friends like podcasts. Your friends like hockey. Maybe your friends are like me. Share my podcast with them. Uh, you can find me on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Brandon Mackey, and you can also make sure to email questions to the podcast uh, at internal budget po- or it's, sorry, it's internal budget at gmail.com. Uh, Tweet me on Twitter at BrandonMackey6 or at InternalBudget. And check out my writing on Silver 7 Cents. Once again, this has been Internal Budget with Finnegan's Ghost. Thank you guys so much. Take care, and we will see you next week. Trying to keep the mood light for y'all. All
1: right, take care, guys.